The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Before any of that, we're going to kick things off as we do every day with our afternoon update, catching you up on everything that has happened today, the stories that matter most. And joining me for the afternoon update today, Elaine Lachlan, the political reporter with the Irish Examiner, and Neve Mark, commercial creative director with the Journal. Uh, you're both very welcome. Thanks a million for coming in studio. Um, so Elaine, beef and butter back on its way to China. Yes, and this was after a meeting with the Chinese Premier today. Um, he's in town, met with President Michael D. Higgins this morning and then had a working lunch with Tisha Leo Varadkar in Farmley House and a number of ministers, uh, cabinet members were also in attendance there. So the upshot of it is we are allowed to send our beef back to China. Um, if you'll remember back in November, uh, exports to China of beef were stopped because we found an atypical case of BSE uh, so Chinese, the Chinese just put a stop to it immediately after that. But um, they appear to be accepting of our beef again. So it'll be flying or, or shipping its way over across the world. This was the point of this visit, was it? Really? Well, trade definitely was what was flagged ahead of this visit and, and the trade links. And we do know, obviously, as well, that uh, Michal Martin was in China recent in recent months too. So this is almost a return visit. And during that visit, uh, Michal Martin was uh, stressing the importance of China and the trade links between China and Ireland. So certainly you would imagine this was... Uh, something that they wanted to get over the line ahead of this meeting today. Um, Does it fly in the face of our climate action goals, Niamh, to a degree? I mean, a lot of people be celebrating this and it is good for business, it is good for the economy, it is obviously good for farmers and for beef farmers in particular. Yeah. Yet we do have all of these emissions targets we're meant to be hitting. Yes, I did see some talk of that irony as the queen of the skies, the Boeing 747-8 with a wingspan of 68 metres. Were you excited now by that? (laughs) Well, I live under a flight path. So when I say was I excited (laughs) about it, I was very much... Did you see it coming in? Well, no, I didn't see it coming in because uh, my daughter woke up. So I had to go and tend to her. She probably woke up because... They're the worst, aren't they? The Boeing (laughs) 747-8 flew directly over over um, us. But I actually found myself on plane spotting X last night, uh, formerly Twitter. Um, A lot of aviation enthusiasts were very excited about the Queen of the Skies landing here. So yes, but there was some irony that, you know, Eamon Ryan was was greeting the largest plane with the Chinese Premier and it, of course, China being the largest emitter of carbon, you know, dioxide gas in the world, uh, definitely did not be missed. It doesn't, Elaine, it doesn't appear though to have... um kind of whether it's crossed the minds or not, it certainly hasn't crossed the agenda of anybody directly involved with this, Eamon Ryan or anybody else. I don't see them talking about kind of uh, carbon emissions from our agricultural or aviation mm-hmm. industries in the context of this visit. Yeah, and it, it's all, it comes up as well when it, you talk about, you know, you'll be talking about nappies, but baby pow- powder as well. Uh, we ship or export an awful lot of that to China and across the world. And we do pride ourselves on being a very green producer of beef, of dairy. Um, but I suppose if that green produced product is then being shipped or flown across the world, can you still call it green? I think some environmentalists would say definitely not. Um, so I think that'll be definitely uh, questioned in the years going ahead. I think there were the worst questions about this plane 
is massive. Like it really is massive. And just to try and kind of get my head around it, because people were talking about it, my neighborhood WhatsApp was absolutely hopping. There's a pilot on it as well. And he was like, everybody, you have to look up. This is, you know, it was a historical moment and there was a lot of articles to that fact as well. So it can hold 467 passengers. But when you Google what fits on a Boeing 747, the internet takes you to a strange place. So right, if, okay. if you try and if you wanted to know 36 million golf balls can fit on a plane this size and 461 ostriches comfortably can fit. Um, so I, this is, I love these things, right? Because they always, to try and put into context the size of something, try they always use examples that don't help no. in any way whatsoever. Yeah. It's like the length of the kind of the London Olympic Stadium in 2012 is... 47 blue whales end to end. I know. Which yeah. I, that doesn't mean I've never seen 47 blue whales. I've never seen 36 million golf balls well, or however many ostriches. And they many always people use won't. examples that are as ridiculous as the size of the plane itself. Anyway, and many people won't, but it's, it's the if modern we could get iteration. an example of how many cows might fit on it. And that, maybe would, that, be there, there, like that would be that. helpful. That would be helpful. It's the modern Buy iteration. Your yeah. examiner tomorrow. <laughs> find out how many cows can fit. <laughs> <laughs> or how many beef shipments the, the Chinese yes, Premier exactly, might, yeah. might bring back exactly. the first shipment with them. Uh, we might talk about this a little bit later um, uh, in the show. Uh, weather kind of flies in the face of, uh, of climate targets. Why did the visit of the Chinese politician cause the whole of Dublin to shut down? God, it's been impossible getting around uh, today. Uh, I don't live in Dublin, but I know some of my colleagues do and they had awful hassle getting through the Phoenix Park in particular. Um, it, it happened to be farming is not a far right activity. The Greens have Nobody mentioned the far right and we're doing our damnedest to avoid that particular topic for as long as we can today. Uh, we have to talk about it every other day, it seems. Um, 87 106 uh, the number. Um, we have mentioned politicians, Elaine. Uh, the doll is back after their mm-hmm. uh, Christmas hiatus. Um, so what is on the agenda? Yeah, and I know you said you didn't want to talk about the far oh, right, no. but there were protests outside the doll today, uh, I think smaller than expected. And perhaps that's why commuters and those trying to get around the city had difficulties. We did have a cordon around Leinster House on both sides as politicians made their way back for the first day after Christmas. Um, so they had been uh, away from Leinster House up until today, at least officially anyway. But certainly uh, the first day of the doll and it kicked off at 2pm, with Mary Lou Macdonald bringing up, surprise, surprise, housing. Um, And uh, immigration was also brought up. By Mary Lou? uh, No, uh, by a number of TDs. uh, It has to be said, Matt Carthy Mm. uh, also brought up an international flair into the doll, Gaza and Israel. Um, But it took less than an hour, actually, for uh, the doll to have to come to a, a Close for five minutes. Oh, God. Uh, a suspension was called by the Count Corla because there were testy exchanges on the issue of Israel and Gaza um, with the likes of Richard Boyd Barrett bringing it up and saying that really Ireland should be uh, joining the case that has been taken by South Africa um, against Israel and, and claiming a genocide. Um, now, Others rolled in and it did get a, a bit fiery at times. And as I said, the Count Corla did suspend for five minutes. Um, but before that, we did have uh, a, a good bit of toing and froing. Maybe the, the most vocal was Breed Smith mm. on that issue of immigration on the far right and even accusing someone, the doll, of being Nazi sympathisers. Oh and as I said, we were only an hour into proceedings at that stage. So if it's a, a show of what's to come in the coming months, I think it's probably worth tuning into. Is... is it fair to criticise Mary Lou for 
her silence on this issue over the last couple of weeks? I see some criticism beginning to kind of um, uh, simmer up in the background. Yeah, well, and I suppose it, to be fair to all politicians, there's a high likelihood might be a, an exaggeration, but there's a good possibility she'll be Taoiseach by this time next year. And this is the big issue of 2024. We know that already. Mm -hmm. I can't think of anything she said in this since Christmas. Yeah, and it remains to be seen how vocal Sinn Féin will be Mm. in the coming days on this. There have been calls now to hold a debate uh, on this issue and also on the issue of uh, Israel-Gaza in the Dáil in the coming days. So um, if that happens, I suppose Sinn Féin will have to speak on it. Um, I'm not giving her a pass, but I am saying it was Christmas. It was People Christmas. were away and, and pol- even politicians deserve time off from time to time. Um, Neve, there's kind of, there, there's a, a, an irony is there in how few people, it appears, turned up at that protest outside the doll today because what people who who are in Ross Grey, not all of them, but some and in other parts of the country, what they keep telling us is like they have no problem with migrants. It's the decision taken by government, you know, to foist all of this onto kind of local communities. That that's that's the target of their anger. Where yeah. were they today? Well Screaming in the faces of children going into a hotel a few days ago. I mean the people you're actually angry with, you gave them yeah. a free pass. Well, I think... I'm not suggesting they should have been there screaming in anyone's face, but uh, yeah, you know, no. I find it hard to take them seriously. I know. Well, all the screaming that's happening at the moment, like like Elaine said, it was always going to be, you know, a, a testy first day back in the doll. And I think when it comes to what's happening at the moment with immigration and from what I've been looking at and the reports that I've been seeing on News Talk in particular as well over the last week with the reports of the local people in Ross Cray, for example, who are you know, on the front line and the things that they're saying is they're talking about their communities. And I know, Kieran, you were speaking about one interview in particular that you read where, where you were saying, you know, I, I understand where they're coming from when they're talking about this and when they're talking about the accommodation issues that they have and and the things that they're, I suppose, are, are looking at in terms of the issues that are going to come down the line. Should they be screaming at politicians? I think the politicians are going to be screaming at each other enough over this. I think that they're going to jump on this. Local and European elections are coming up in June. I think that people are going to be looking at this controversy and they're going to use it as a way to hammer the government for its failures to prepare for and to manage the challenges of migration. So I think there's going to be enough screaming down the line. (laughs) And I think maybe just today they were easing Mm. themselves into it. But do we want to see further protests like this? I know that it's been very difficult to watch the protests and what's been happening in these communities around the country because, like you've said during the week, you can understand the people when they're talking about the issues that their Mm -hmm. communities are facing. But at the same time, when you look at these migrants that are coming in, they don't deserve that treatment. No, absolutely not. Um, For what it's worth, I'm not calling for people to go back to uh, what they were doing before Christmas with a noose outside the doll and that type of thing. It's just, I find it kind of interesting uh, that they go out of their way to suggest their their anger is not direct at these kids at the yes, I understand they that. are the people who got their faces screamed in um, today and very few of them made their way to Dublin for a protest um, uh, elsewhere uh, on the political front then Elaine north of the border uh, we had an attempt to get um, uh, the uh, assembly back up and running and I think it's probably a mark is it of, of how little hope people had that there would be a, a positive outcome to this um, in the amount of attention it received in the build up. Yeah and while we had a, like a temporary su- suspension in the doll of only five minutes we're going to have more permanent or certainly semi-permanent sus- suspension of Stormont because the DUP has again uh, refused to try and get the assembly up and running, both Mike Nesbitt of the Ulster Unions Party 
and Patsy McGlone were put forward, SDLP candidate, uh, and they failed to get support uh, today. So the failure to elect a speaker meant that no bit further business essentially could go ahead and we're back into this stalemate. Um, It's a bit more serious now because we effectively have uh, what will be a grinding halt tomorrow of basically everything. Public transport, schools will close because public and civil servants are going on strike because effectively the the lack of assembly means that allocations of funds have not been happening and things like like really important services like the NHS people say are falling apart at this stage. So it came in that context and I know Michelle O'Neill was out ahead of this and she basically accused the DUP uh, and the DUP leader of jeopardising public services by refusing to even go back in um, and while the DUP are saying it's all about the Windsor framework and the Brexit uh, deadlock um, that they're not happy with, I think the long this goes on, the more Sinn Féin will be able to say that it's actually about the first leader and deputy first leader and the fact that perhaps a lot of people with the, in the DUP can't stomach the idea of Michelle O'Neill being first leader and then playing second fiddle to her. Uh, Neve mentioned there of public transport grinding to a halt uh, in the north. Anne Graham of the National Transport Authority, the NTA is going to be with me uh, after five o'clock. Uh, and as I said earlier, if people have questions for her, 087-1400-106 is the number. Um, are you a public transport user? Uh, infrequently, I okay. would say, yes. Um, is that out of necessity, convenience or Well, it's out of necessity. Preference? No, it's out of necessity for me, to be honest with you. Um, I, I own a car, I use a car because the area that I live in doesn't have a huge amount of good transport links. Um, and that's not just to do with uh, trains and buses. That's also to do with walking and cycling, to be honest with you. Some of the roads around where I live aren't that safe. Um, so I, I do use public transport when I need to, but I, I drive to public transport. So I can only speak from my own experience and the infrastructure in my particular area needs work. And when you use it, is it generally an enjoyable experience, public transport in this country? Um, A positive experience? Sure. Look, I think (laughs) if you're uh, public transport, I think people are looking for two things, right? They're looking for affordability and they're looking for simplicity. I don't think that Ireland's public transport is at the standard that it should be. But I think that because record highs are now using Ireland's public transport, which we saw today, um, over 300 million passengers, um, which has made it the busiest year ever last year. That's that's great to see. Do I think that Eamon Ryan got a little bit giddy when he was saying that they're proving it with their feet and they're jumping on board the buses? Yes, because I think people are using it through necessity. But I do Sorry, think... also. The population is bigger. Well, yes. That's part of the reason these numbers keep going up. Exactly. I do think that there's a massive opportunity for more infrastructure. A record-breaking amount of blonde people in Ireland. <laughs> but this is it. I mean, things change like this. It's good to see. And it's it's nice to have a story that you would look at with encouragement. And so I would encourage these conversations to continue. I remember um, my husband is from the UK. And when he moved over here first, he was shocked absolutely shocked that you can't use a credit card or a debit card on public transport. Now, of course, the the Leap card came in kind of quietly as a substitute for Dublin bus cash back in the day. And it has now 
you know, taken over and that's great, but that's one small step, I think. And there's uh, lots more room to improve. And I think they should look at these figures, look at the fact that there's a 24% increase in passenger numbers and actually build the momentum and really get to work on it. It's very Dublin-centric still. So I think that there's room to improve. Uh, It is kind of actually on that point, uh, Elaine, it is amazing that uh, the local kind of horse box that's been converted into a coffee trailer, you can tap your card. Mm. The local charity shaking their bucket outside the supermarket, most of them now will have a little card reader that you can tap and it'll automatically donate two euro. And you still have to go and get a Leap card and preload it when you want to use the bus. Yeah, and it's happened to me a few times that I've had my Leap card and forgot to top it up and didn't have cash because I just don't have cash. Mm. And you tap the Leap card and you're embarrassed because you then have absolutely no way of paying unless, now I know there is the app as well and people will probably call in and say, why doesn't she ever act together? Why doesn't she have the Leap Card app? To <laughs> Get the app. Yeah, while you're waiting in the queue for the bus. But it is, it's those type of things and it's, um, it. Uh, I think as has been mentioned, it is quite Dublin centric. You know, if you're in Dublin, you do have the Lart, or the Dart and the Lewis. Uh, I'm in Meath. I don't have a Dart. I don't have a train. I have a bus, um, which you know, some days can take an hour and a quarter, some days can take two and a quarter hours. And it's that lack of knowing whether I'm going to make it in for that meeting or whether I'm going to be five minutes late. Mm. Whereas in fairness, if you have, if you're serviced in areas where you're serviced by a train, you do have that predictability. Um, And I think you'd have a lot more people, especially in the kind of Kildare, Meads, Wicklow areas, suburbs, um, getting and using public transport if it was slightly more reliable and you knew you were going to get there on time. But it has to be said, I know you're saying there's an increase in population. We did have a 24% 24% increase in uh, passenger numbers last year so we don't want to uh, be too negative about it. Yeah. I think there was 10 million extra passengers on bus air and I think maybe that comes down to the, the 50% reduction for younger people. I think mm. it's under 26 is now get a cut price or half price fare. Um, but really is that is that enough? If you really want to encourage people to get on you need to be giving that to probably everyone. Yeah. yeah. Anyway we'll put all those questions uh, to Anne Graham a little bit later. Why here now are you assuming Mary Lou will be Taoiseach this time? I wasn't assuming I said there's a possibility uh, that she will be. 400 cows can fit on a 747. Oh nice. People know. People, yeah. know. people know these things. You see finally you've put it uh, in a way we can all understand. 400 cows can fit on a 747. Visions um, of them all being herded now onto the back uh, of the Off you go to China lads. Uh, Elaine Lachlan a political reporter with the Irish Examiner Neve Mark commercial creative director with uh, Journal Media. Thank you both very much uh, for joining me on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.